This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. of change today we are going to have quite a fired up show we are going into some great territory today welcoming onto the show activist Pietrice Pakamile Situ now Pietrice is a fired up activist one who feels fully called to stopping farm killings and to speaking out he has also met with dozens of survivors around South Africa who have been victims of farm atrocities horrors and also whose loved ones have passed on and he is a huge huge activist in this area and also he has brought a lawsuit against the president which is going through in the high court on the 25th of august this year and just within a few weeks and he is joining me i do want to say that as he joins me today i do want to say that farm killings is a very sensitive reality and so i do advise to just have that discretion when you're listening to the interview because what Pietrus has to say is this absolute truth that he feels is so deep within his heart and so it is it is so important to hear the voice of our activists in our country as well as the voice of the people in our country and maybe you are sitting there saying actually I'm a survivor of a farm atrocity and I know I was at a camp not so long ago when someone came forward for prayer when there was an altar call for you know healing and for hope and redemption and there was an individual that came forward who had lost family members in a farm killing and it it was a very very deep time and very very real and so that is why I say today, let us just be sensitive when we hear Pietrus' story, when we hear what he has to say, when we hear through him the voice of victims and survivors, when we hear through him the conviction that he has. And again, you know, everything that he says and the emotion that he shares, let us hear it with the voice and the eyes and the sense of the Holy Spirit. Let us hear that today. Also commemorating on the show to, you know, to be thinking about human trafficking today a completely different topic with a completely different guest Salome is joining me Salome is joining me on the show and she has been involved with anti-human trafficking work for about 12 years or more she's been involved with many different organizations and she has joined a, a relatively new organization it's about two years old free to fly the organization is working with children and she's going to be sharing with us a lot about what they're doing but also about her personal story how she got involved in human trafficking i cannot help but feel as we come to the show that there's a lot that we're going to hear today there's a lot that's going to be shared may we open up our hearts and really as the show always is being a voice of change being a hope of change being an encouragement of change being the conviction of change and listening to the voice of god through the people that are working in our communities to make a difference so it is here it's voice of change time with myself lauren jacobs and pietrus is joining me after this 
Yeah, just it's so good to have you with me today. You are involved with some very, very important work that is really, really something that we need to be talking about, something that we need to be watching closely. But before we get into that, welcome to the show today. I hope that you're doing good. Oh, thank you very much. I said glory to, glory to God uh, who chose me to fight for our country and our farmers and farmers food security. Thank you. Mm, amen to that. Now, speaking about fighting, you know, to stop farm murders, a case has been opened against the president, Cyril Ramaphosa, for denying farm killings in South Africa. Tell us a bit about this. Tell us a bit about what is happening, you know, what you've been up to and why this is so, so important to you. Yes. Um, thank you again. Yes, I started this thing on 2018. I remember on the 10th September uh, 2018, I went to Union Building to sleep outside three days. Uh, I've, written, I've written my own memorandum to give to the president. Please, Mr. President, don't expropriate land without composition. Mm. Don't amend Section 25. And also, Mr. President, please, we need protection of our farmers and farm workers, where, whereby we have seen uh, some of your into private farm. They've got, uh, they've, they've been protected by the heavy police arm. I was one, uh, one of them who went in Palapala farm in Limpopo to see that it is real and that, yes, it is real. Now, here in South Africa, uh, I have, uh, okay, I have resigned on my job in 2018, resigned on my job to do this thing, whereby I'm not getting anything, anything, mm-hmm. any salary, anything from anyone, from the government. Because in 2018, they tried to, they tried to silence me. They tried mm-hmm. to silence me and uh, I refused. And they came again. They want to give me <clears throat> a job in parliament as MP. I refused. Mm-hmm. They tried to give me uh, a 300,000 uh, um, rent. I refused. Because of what? God chose me. No one had voted me uh, to become activist to fight for everyone in South Africa. Now, I have seen our neighboring country, Zimbabwe. Uh, in early 2000, the former president, uh, Robert Mugabe, they chased all the farmers. In Zimbabwe. Now we've got here in South Africa, we've got, we've got plus or minus three million Zimbabweans are here. Because mm. in Zimbabwe, uh, there's hunger, there's study. That's why they are here in South Africa. And I've been challenging the government uh, um, from parliament, uh, go outside parliament in Cape Town and also to union building, because I need the protection of our farmers and farm workers. And as I said to you, I am the first South African. I'm the first South African uh, to interview the victims. Some of them, they've been raped, tortured. Mm. Some of them, uh, uh, I remember a nine-year-old, nine-year-old boy, had been poured by boiling water mm. uh, and he was dying. South Africans, as I said to you, that it is happening here in South Africa. Some, some of the scene whereby farmers or farm workers, they've been killed. I would call and I go. Wherever they are, I go. I've seen terrible things here in South Africa. Some, some of the interviews, it is emotional. 90-year-old mm. woman in their spray in Pumalanga, I went there. It is 1,000 kilos to, to, uh, to travel there. I was struggling because no one, no one uh, is supporting me. Uh, uh, but God, uh, uh, I keep praying that, please, if anyone can give me maybe petrol or food or the place to stay, to spread the message in South Africa, in, in, even inter- international, that yes, yes, South Africa, it is real. As a black person who chose my God, uh, that uh, uh, here in South Africa, I went, as I said to you, to the different um, things, murdering, and also um, to interviews that it is real, that is happening. 
And that 90-year-old woman in Pumalanga, she said to me that uh, my, my child, they were here in, in the house. And uh, I told them, please, uh, two guys, don't do anything. Don't hurt me. Take everything that you, uh, you need. And what happened? They, uh, they handcuff him uh, and, uh, they, and they rape him. And uh, mm. uh, to talk with the uh, victims, for me, yeah, uh, I don't know. God give me strength always. Yeah. Sometimes I can't uh, yeah. take it. But we have, uh, as I decided, I'm the first one to push the government. Mm. The minister of police. Last year, it was on the 20th, June 2021. I call him direct on his phone that, Mr. Minister, please, let's meet and talk about uh, this family because I need protection. Mm. On the 30th August 2021, uh, we have formed a, a national rural safety uh, a committee. And since last year, I was pushing them because they don't want uh, this summit, National Rural Safety, safety Summit, to happen. Some, mm. some, 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 uh, some of the day, uh, I went to Union Building to write the, the letter to the president that please, uh, push the minister of police because uh, our farmers are, are being attacked, not mm. uh, not uh, every month, daily, daily basis, and farmers they have been attacked daily, and we some of the things we will never see on the media mm. because they are not being published. And on the 27, 28 June 2022, we have um, uh, a national safety summit. It was held in Paris whereby I was one of the mm -hmm. speakers. And I was speaking to Mr. Pekitel, who was standing uh, um, in front of me. I said, please, those police that you have deployed in Palapala Farm, Mr. Mr. President, as farm, please, we need those police, must protect our farmers and farmers around here, here in South Africa. And mm -hmm. I told him that you can't, you can't recruit 5,000 uh, uh, police trainee. Please, here in South Africa, it's crime. It is mm -hmm. happening, it's crime every day. Oh, mm. every hour here in South Africa, at least re recruit 100,000 to 200,000 trainee police. And you know what, ne? Uh, for me, they don't care. After mm. after the summit, uh, they have chosen a tax team. I am the one in, the, in that tax team that's going to work with the farmers and the, the police and everything. Let me tell you, nothing has been happened. Nothing. Since from 20, 27, 20, 28 June till now, nothing has been happened. It's mm -hmm. always meeting, 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 meeting via um, via Zoom. Nothing has been happening. That's why mm -hmm. I'm saying that here in South Africa, if we don't stand up, don't look for the political parties, don't look for the um, some of the organization or activists. I'm not better than them, but mm -hmm. I try my best to expose this government. And my life and my family are in danger. That's why mm -hmm. I said I said to our black brothers and sisters that please don't be misled by the political party's leaders, because they say that kill the boy, kill the farmer. They're going to take the land by force. Mm. And this is important. We are hearing exactly what you're sharing with us, and we see the work that you have been doing, and now a case coming forward and will be in the Bloemfontein High Court and will be on the 25th of August. And a case opened against the president for denying farm killings in South Africa. Here, just tell us a bit about this and you know yes. how do you foresee this going forward and what is your real hope and conviction that will happen through this and on that case i say also thanks god because god led me i was praying i was praying when i when i see mr president uh, a video uh, mm -hmm. he said that there's no fun killing 
And uh, on that day, it was on the, on the 26th, September 2018. Um, if you remember, I said to you that the first, uh, 2018, on the, it was on 10 September when I went to Union Building. But on the same month, the president of South Africa, he denied that there's no farm chilling here in South Africa. Or farmers who have been killed and also land grab. For me, uh, 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 the, the day on the 19th Ju July, when we opened uh, a case in 2022, Mm -hmm. And uh, I said that no one, political parties or organization or whatever, I'm going to do this without money, without anything. But God, please bring someone or anyone that must come and help me. And we have opened a case on the same day. We said mm -hmm. we said to them that we need an agent court. And, re and really, on that day, it was into, uh, about 4, uh, 4 p.m. We went to the court and after that, uh, we uh, we got a, a court order say that on the 25 August 2022, this matter uh, 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 we are going to talk about this, and also the president must also be there. The president of South Africa he must also be there. Okay, on my side, I want the president must resign because we can't lead, but the leader or the president who lied, who lied. That's why me, Pietras, I take uh, Ramaphosa, Matamela, Cyril to the High Court because it is me. If if he will say that you are lying, I will go to the victims. I say victims, maybe uh, twenty of sixty, because there's a more, more and more. Come forward and tell the tell uh, Mr. Mr. President that yes, you have been uh, uh, attacked in the farm, raped, tortured, and you have lost also uh, mm -hmm. your loved ones. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. talking about farmers and farm workers. You understand what I'm saying? That's yeah. why me myself, because I am I'm going I'm, I I am the proof. Mm. I am the proof of those things that have been happening here in the farmers. Mm. And and even when you know when you drive around in different parts of South Africa, we see memorials to farm workers and to farmers who have and their families and their loved ones who have been killed on farms. It's becoming almost something that we are beginning to see a lot of. And again, you touched on earlier on when we were talking, you touched on food security. This is a big, big issue when it comes to thinking about what is happening on the farms and farm killings as well. And again, you also mentioned Zimbabwe and what we see happening there and, you know, what we have witnessed and the shortage of food. This could become a huge crisis in the country that we love, in the country where God has placed us. And it is a cause for concern. And I'm sure it is something that is on your heart as well. Exactly. You know what? Let me tell you something. There are some of South Africans here. Uh, they were swearing at me, negative. And you know what? I told myself that I'm going to be positive. And I will fight. Let me tell you, I will fight all South Africans, 60 million. And also our future of our children. And black, white, Indian, Karat, all of them. I'm going, I'm going to push this thing. Yes, some, sometimes it is hard for me. Uh, mm. And I said to, to, to myself that, no. I can't take it anymore. But when I look outside, when I look uh, my family, when I look everyone's family here in South Africa, and I say to, to myself that no one, political parties or whatever, they're going to help them. They're going to fight for them. Let me tell you, my mother, she's a domestic worker. Mm -hmm. And also uh, my father worked in, in the farm. I was grown in the farm in Free State, a mm -hmm. small town called Belfontaine. Mm -hmm. I know family. I know, I know the, the importance of uh, farmers. You understand what I'm saying? And some, uh, that's why I teach some of our, our black brothers and sisters, because they've been misled that you kill the farmer, you're going to take the land. 
I'm going to take you back on um, when when the COVID started. When the COVID started, there's a lot of business business and or billionaire who have funded into this government about the money, and that money gone. Some of them that we get uh, the loan from IMF, 500 billion. That 500 billion have been stolen. But I, as I said to you, that uh, I was trying, I was trying uh, 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 to go all over here in South Africa, whereby I said that. Uh, uh, food security, please, let's protect food security. Because uh, mm. uh, I can see that uh, when we kill one farmer, when we kill one farmer, it's 17,000 South African shortage of food. But you'll never see now. You'll see one of the day when you go to the shelf that there's no food. Mm. And let me tell you, I've interviewed also the farm workers. When you kill an owner, a farmer, and those farm workers, plus or minus maybe 2010 or whatever, and when I, when I interviewed them, they say that Pietro Spagamisito, now we don't have any more job. Mm. And we don't have a, a qualification, metric, degree, or whatever. Now, as I, uh, as I say to you that I come from to the farm, I know the situation. Some of our fathers or grandfathers, they were born there. They, they, don't, they don't went to school or whatever. Mm. That's why I'm saying that to, to them, it is very, very difficult, which means one family, into, into a, a, farm, into a farm worker, he, he support maybe plus or minus 15 or 20. What about uh, when you kill a farmer? Which means, uh, that's why here in South Africa, we've got a, a crime high rate here in South Africa and also an unemployment rate. But let me tell you, I will never hide. That's why I opened mm -hmm. a case against uh, Cyril Matamela Ramaphosa. He is no, I, 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 I will never uh, uh, respect um, uh, that uh, president's called uh, Ramapos, because you can't say to the public that there's no uh, farmers or white farmers who have been killed here in South Africa, which means uh, you are lying as a president. You mislead, you mislead um, um, the international and, and, and also your country. You can't say that, but the thing is that they care for themselves. They care for themselves, also their family. And this is important, Pietrus, the work that you're doing, the work that you feel called to do. It's important that we we pray alongside you and we pray for you, pray for your family and what God has really placed inside of your heart. And I think that that is very, very important as well. And as well as that people can follow your journey and your story and get involved, you know, and to hear how they can assist and also to follow the court case. Not so that is going to be happening. I know people around the country, you know, very, very much want to follow and want to hear what is happening. So can people follow you on social media? Are you on Facebook, which is probably, I would feel, you know, the safe way for people to follow you. We don't want you to share any of your personal information on, on the radio, but we would love for you to tell us how do people connect with you on Facebook so that they can follow your journey, so that they can hear, so that they can get involved. And maybe even survivors come forward and want to even share more of their story with you, which we know is important to amplify survivors' voices. So can people follow you on Facebook? Yes, on Facebook is Pietras Pagamile Sito. Pietras Pagamile Sito. Uh, I can spell it for you P E T R U S space uh, P H A K A M I L E space S I T H O. Hmm. 
Pietrus, I want to say thank you. I can't believe it. Our time went really quickly and I felt like there was so much that I wanted to hear from you today. But what you're doing, I believe, and you have shared with us, is just kind of the tip of the iceberg. And my prayer is that God will just continue to bless you and that he will provide everything that you need and that he will just give you you know, safety, goodness, and that the Christian community in South Africa will continue to pray for our country and pray for people like yourself who are doing such incredible work. Thank you. Thank you for heeding the call. I know that it's probably and definitely is not easy. And I want to say thank you for heeding this call. And I've been following you on social media as well. And I look forward to seeing what God is going to do through the burden that is on your heart. Thank you for being a voice at this time and a voice of change in, in our country. It's for all of us. Thank you, Pietrus, so much. Yes. 25 August 2022, nine provinces, every town, every farmer, every village, black, white, Indian colored. We're going to shut down Bloemfontein. No looting, no banning. We're going to hear uh, when, when the president is going uh, to speak, uh, a liar, or maybe he will admit, but for me, he will admit. Thank you very much, South African sir. As I said to you, that I'm, I'm going to fight for everyone. Bye, Danke. Thank you so much, Richard. Take care and God bless. Okay, bye. Salome, it is so good to have you with me today. Your voice is so powerful on a topic that is so, so important, human trafficking. And you have been involved with this for more than over a decade. It is almost, I know it's not your life's work, but it almost feels as though it is. And before we get into everything that you have done and what you are doing now, welcome to the show. It's so good to have you here. Thank you so much for having me and thank you as well to the listeners. Now, you are your latest, well, I would say latest in inverted commas, but you have been involved with Free to Fly since March 2020 is when the organization was registered. What is Free to Fly all about? Like I said, you have been involved with, you know, human trafficking for a very long time in many different aspects. And it's so incredible because you've done such great work in South Africa, a country that you yourself weren't even born in. But, you know, just that impact how God has been leading you is so incredible. But now you are involved with Free to Fly. Now tell us what it is all about. So when God spoke in 2018 to my leaders, he said those words, find the children. And as we are speaking, there's currently no registered place of safety for children and youth that come out of human trafficking and sexual exploitation. So as my leaders Graham and Jesse had it, we're talking to God about what he meant with finding the children. Hmm. They realized pretty soon we need actually a place of safety as well, where we can just <laughs> give them a home for their recovery journey. So basically what Free to Fly is all about is that we are currently setting up a place of safety for those precious children we are doing data collection and we are busy with awareness and prevention. Because as we know, prevention is better than cure. Hmm. And how we do that, we go to schools, we do, go to communities, and we are running as well a monthly podcast. Hmm. And the monthly podcast, wow, that sounds interesting. Are these amplifying the voices of of survivors or people who have been involved, you know, in helping you know, victims come out of human trafficking? Is it really a podcast to amplify those voices? Because I think that that sounds very, very powerful. 
that's very much like that. Uh, we have interviewed, for example, parents who have lost their child in trafficking. Yeah. We are going to interview soon a ex-pimp who has been very, very deep into selling um, yeah, drugs and women. And on his way doing that, he actually has met the Lord and his life got tremendously changed and in as we speak he's back in his home country and is doing prevention work there mm -hmm. then we speak to survivors we basically want to shed light from all different kind of angles and really bring the topic about human trafficking closer to home mm -hmm. sure i love that I, and i'm so excited to listen into the podcast as well super excited to hear it when it comes out and to hear those different stories now you've spoken a lot about prevention as well now i know you also said that you know it it does take time to create that safe house that safe space as we call it and that's something that is on the cards that is going to be happening but you're also very involved with prevention now tell us a bit about how that works you know because we do hear the word prevention especially when it comes to trafficking and you know or gender-based violence things like that how does that really work? How do you guys approach, you know, prevention? Are there practical steps that you're doing every day? Uh, is it educational based? How does this happen? I mean, what we have realized is during COVID, the kids and the youngsters, they were much more vulnerable. I mean, families in general, because the kids have been <laughs> over this last few months, very much isolated in regards to COVID. And being much more on their phones. I mean, there are statistics out there that are mind-blowing mm -hmm. of how many hours children spend on their phones. And the pedophiles obviously have used the situations as well. So there has been a tremendously increase of human trafficking as well in South Africa. And what we are doing in schools is to talk to them about cyber security, cyber trafficking, but in the same time as well, what are red flags? What can you look out for? And how can you protect yourself as well? And in general what is human trafficking so yeah we are basically bringing then home close to home as well of saying you know what you actually have value your life mm. is precious so guard yourself hmm. you know thinking of that uh, i lived in an area a while back where some children were trafficked and it it came out and the children were found thankfully but it came out that that the parents had actually sold them to traffickers. And I'm sure that that is a story that you're probably well familiar with. And that breaks open the really can of, so. the, yeah, it breaks open the can of worms, doesn't it? To say families aren't always safe spaces. And how then do we yeah. deal with that? I mean, there was the sentence out, strange danger. To be honest, nowadays, the kids, the youngsters, the women that I've seen, there was either a community member or a family member involved or somebody that was a friend of the family. So yes, it's not anymore only stranger danger. It's actually much more closer to home, which makes it difficult because you actually trust those people. Mm. And then all of a sudden, this deep trust is disturbed. And that is the difficult part of how human trafficking takes place. I mean, I'm thinking about here, one night we have been at a bigger truck stop on the N1 and I saw a 12 year old girl standing there. And I said to her, what are you doing there? Hmm. And she looked at me and she said, my mommy is searching for love at this truck driver. And then hmm. I said to her, do you have to climb in sometimes as well? And she says, yes, sometimes I have to work as well. 
And I mean, mm. that hearing from a 12-year-old one where you're like, that just breaks one. Mm. Or my colleague in the same truck stop, he has overheard the auntie saying to the child, so how many clients did you have had tonight? I mean, mm. this is the reality that we are talking about. Mm. Mm. And, 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 you know, Salome, that must actually sometimes be quite difficult, isn't it? I know that this has been your work and your journey. Yeah. You know, you moved in 2011 to Cape Town. So this has been, like I said, over a decade of your work. These stories must sometimes, these, to, you know, to those listening, it's stories. But to you, this is reality. And this has become memories as well, things that you have learned, things that you have seen, things that you have encountered. So tell us a bit about, I'd love to hear about, about your journey. You know, how did you feel called to South Africa? How did you feel called to mm-hmm. work in this field? Because it, it is quite an intense field and I, and I really honor the work that you're doing. Thank you. I have to say, if I wouldn't have God in my life, I definitely wouldn't do what I'm doing. It is definitely not the easiest calling, but I feel so, so honored of doing that together with God. Mm. Um, For me, it started actually quite drastic when I have been abused from a pastor and a missionary. And that really has destroyed quite a lot in my relationship at that time with God, because I thought he's the trusted man that everybody looked up to and all of a sudden that happened Mm. and I had a love-hate relationship with God because that's not how I knew God but in the same time I just couldn't bring those two things together Mm. and I mean it's a longer story but at one point I found myself actually standing on the bridge and just wanting to end my life not seeing sense anymore in all of it and I'm like God I cannot live with what happened to me and the dirtiness and the mud and I realized you know what I fall almost in depression and it was just a very very difficult journey and in that time I'm a kindergarten teacher and I went home to my house and three days later and actually as I was standing on the bridge I heard a voice and I know it that it was Scott who said Salome I have a plan and I have a purpose for your life And as I went home, my house looked like a disaster. I didn't care anymore about life. But three days later, a mom from the kindergarten came and said, can I please have your house keys? And I felt so ashamed. I felt so dirty. I was like, what will she think if she sees my disaster? How will she judge me? Hmm. And then, but once again, I felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit, which I know it now that it was that, which said, give her your keys. And in the evening when I went home, my whole house, my bedroom, my bathroom, my, my kitchen, my lodge, everything, were with big red hearts where it was written, I'm a beloved daughter of God. And wow. everywhere were red roses. And you know, on that day, I realized this mother didn't clean anything in my home. She didn't change anything. But what she did, even though she didn't know what I was going through, she just told me afterwards, no, I just felt that the Holy Spirit was leading me like that. Mm-hmm. And something that I learned from that was, after I went through therapy and so on, was realizing, you know what? So often we look down on the girls on the streets and we don't know what is actually happening in them. Mm-hmm. We think, why do they do that? But then how many times do we drive by and think, Phew. but God sees deeper. He mm-hmm. sees their hearts. He sees how much they long for love. 
And he's not there to judge them. He's not there in the first place to even clean their mess. But he wants to be with them and wants to tell them, you know, you are loved. You are precious. You are so beautiful. And that is the message that God has restored in my life over this journey. And that's the message that I want to pass on to those precious girls, children, youth, women <laughs> that are on the street because they need it so much. They need us as a church to embrace them no matter where they find themselves in and to say, you know, we look beyond what we see with our physical eyes. Hmm. Hmm. Sure. I just want to say thank you so much, Lemmy, for for sharing this with us, for sharing your heart and your your life with us, your story with us. And and I fully believe in my heart as well that there are there is someone listening that's leaning in that's saying, you know what, I connect so much to your story. Because oftentimes we don't hear a lot about someone's journey that has often been abused and often by hands of pastors or missionaries or spiritual leaders that you look up to. And this is a reality and that brokenness that you described, that depression. And and I, I just really pray if someone is listening that needed to hear that today, I pray that their heart would be stirred and that love would just, you know, wash over them and that God would send someone to them to love them almost back to life again. And I agree with you. I I kind of see this thread that's been running through this show the last three weeks. Last week, I know someone came on and was talking about, you know, teenage pregnancies and how often, you know, girls that fall pregnant are judged, you know, and and they don't go back to churches because they feel shame and judgment. And, And just before that, we had, you know, another woman sharing how she felt pregnant when she was younger and had an abortion and felt so much shame, but there was such deep reasons, you know, and I think that, that again, there is this thread and you're reminding us that we don't we don't know all the reasons we don't know why yeah. things what what things are happening in that young girl's life in that woman's life why she's had to choose to land up on the street why she's had to choose you know the life that she has because oftentimes she hasn't chosen that it 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 is it has happened through many many different ways and things and 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 I just kind of want to lift that up today and just say that we we as we as God's children and we as the church need to hold space and we need to be open yeah. to not judging what we don't understand and also to love people and especially like you're saying girls and women on the street there's a deeper story there's a deeper truth there's a deeper message and this also brings me to wanting to ask you you know if people are listening to you speaking today mm-hmm. and are saying, you know, I would love for you to come and share about free to fly or even your own journey with our church, you know, or our women's group or our Bible study, even if it's in person or it's over Zoom because, you know, they're in Pretoria or they're somewhere else. How do they go about doing that? Is there a way for them to get in touch and even find out more, you know, about free to fly and what's happening? Yes, they definitely can get in contact with us through contact at freetofly.org.za. I repeat it again, contact at freetofly.org.za. And we are more than happy, like you say, to do a presentation on Zoom or to come in person, be it to your woman functions or be it at a Sunday in church 
whatever suits you best. But we are happy to come and to shed more light on human trafficking or on what you just have heard. Mm. And also there is a national hotline number against trafficking, right? And we want to give that out on the show today. So Salome, what is that number? If people maybe know someone that they think has been trafficked or they themselves get into a situation or they, they may be feeling uncomfortable about something they see in their neighborhood that they think could be happening. How do they, what do they do? What, what is the use of that number? What is the reasons for phoning it and what is it? So it's a toll-free number. And if you see something, and even if you might not even be 100% sure that it is trafficking, but please call in because every little link will help us. Hmm. So it is the number 0800-222-777. Mm, it's a it's a it's a good number. It's actually quite easy to remember. That is a very important yes, number. Please. Even if you please save it on your phone somewhere, you know, you might not need it today or next month, but you might need it next year or the year after you think something's happening. You know, it's important. This is an important number, along with the gender-based violence hotline number as well. We need to save these things on our phone so that we know who mm. to contact. I know a friend of mine a couple of years ago, her sister went missing. And they didn't know, you know, she was quite older. So they they really didn't think anything about trafficking at the time. She went missing and eventually, you know, obviously they went to the police and was this whole thing. And eventually they found out her sister had been trafficked. And, you know, these kind of numbers and these, these kind of things, we really, really, if we, like you're saying, if we think something or feel something, Let's use the number. You know, it helps those links in the chain. And and now you're also running a campaign as part of Free to Fly. Tell us a bit about the campaign because it sounds very exciting. So as I mentioned before, we are currently busy with setting up one of the first safe houses in the country that caters for children and youth coming out of human trafficking and sexual exploitation. And we want to invite you as listeners to come on board and to become part of our team. How? By either volunteering or by joining our You Are Loved campaign. We are looking for 2,000 people that are willing to give a hundred rent, which is nothing, hundred rent on a monthly basis to free to fly in order so we can keep the home set it up and run it. So, yes, we want to invite you to become part of our 100 rent pledges. Hmm. This is so cool. And 2,000 people, there's like close to 60 million people in South Africa. So 2,000 <laughs> people, that, that, is, that is perfectly doable. And I really pray that God will just bless this campaign. And Slomi, in closing today, it's really been so great to have you with me. I feel like there is almost so much more. I know there's so much more that you can share. But in closing, what are your final thoughts that you want to leave with the listeners today? What is the message that's on your heart that you want to leave us with while we, you know, just reflect on this important topic that you've been sharing with us today. God has blessed us with a beautiful, beautiful country. And it takes each one of us to show this beauty and to be the change. And I want to encourage you as listeners, if you are not involved yet, 
in the fight for justice, then become the change. Join our team, join other organizations, and be the voice for those who currently don't have a voice yet. Mm -hmm. Amen and amen. Slemi, thank you so much for being here today. It is truly, like I said, been such a huge blessing and my prayer for you today and also for Free to Fly, all the staff, all the volunteers, is that God will just continue to increase your territory and, and, and that the territory will expand and expand and that the kingdom will overflow in every single aspect and area that you guys work in. And may you have his such divine wisdom and be led by his spirit in everything that you do. May you have x-ray vision to see the things that God is laying before you and also those whom, you know, your life will intersect with to rescue them from trafficking. And so let me thank you so much for being here. It's really been a blessing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's really a pleasure. It. Take care. Shoo, I'm just going to go and lie down in a dark room <laughs> and just gather my thoughts. You know what? I've, I've just loved the show today. And this is what it's all about for me. It's all about bringing you, the listener, the truth of what is happening out there on the field, whether it be people working with, with stopping farm kiddings, which is close to everybody in South Africa. So not everybody, but a lot of people thousands of people maybe even millions of people we see posts shared on social media we see you know things in the media we see this conversation we see documentaries we see media covering this not all the time but sometimes and it is important to talk about and also the reality of human trafficking and i'm so touched by salome's story of how she got involved with this work and sure the the hope that she just shares but then again we also hear the hardships the hardship of how families do sell their children and you know it might not be selling them that they go away forever but selling them in different ways child labor is something that happens in south africa as well it's not just something that's happening in a foreign country you know i've encountered raising awareness on issues of child labor in other countries you see yes in india and other parts of africa but no it is happening here as well it is a reality but here's the truth and here's the hope today i am inspired by hope today i'm inspired by Beatrice. i'm inspired by salome i'm inspired by their lives because ultimately they are the voice of change they are making a difference and they are working in very very difficult circumstances in very very different realities but they are still hard circumstances but god is giving them that call god has positioned them and is doing the work through them so let's continue to please pray for our Christian activists working to bring about justice. May we not forget what our Holy Scriptures say to us, that the foundation of God's throne is justice and righteousness. And we need to seek both of those. Lots to think about after the show today. But you know what? If you're like me, you're going to go lie down, take a few minutes to process everything. Let us say glory be to God for what he is doing, even in the difficulties, even in the hard circumstances. And like I say, please pray, pray, pray for Petrus, pray for Salome, pray for free to fly, pray for everything that God wants to do in our country. Let's never give up hope. There's always something worth hoping for. And our hope is secure in Jesus Christ. Until next week, God bless you and may he keep you and make his beautiful face shine upon you. See you then. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.